Well, it's a pleasure to welcome Grace Wojcik to MSU today and back to her, her, her alma mater, as Grace is the director of MSU's Gender and Sexuality Campus Center since February. Grace, welcome back to your alma mater and to the show. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to be back. Give us a little background first. Since you graduated from MSU, what have you been doing until now you're back here working? Sure. So after graduating from MSU, um, well, unfortunately, it was at the same time as the economic downturn. Um, so I worked some different odd jobs. Attended grad school at Mary Grove uh, at Oakland University, and then I actually started working at um, Affirmations in Ferndale as their community centers coordinator, working to actually expand the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act. And this was way back in 2010, so that work unfortunately did not happen. Um, so very exciting to see that passed very recently. But after that, I actually started working at Oakland University as the coordinator of their Gender and Sexuality Center. And I was there for 10 and a half years. After that, I went to a startup nonprofit called Boss Blue in Midtown Detroit. And now I'm back here. And Grace, this is probably a good time. What is the Elliott Larson Act and what happened to make it even better? Absolutely. So the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act is Michigan's non-discrimination law. And when it was passed in the 70s, it was actually one of the most progressive of its kind in the country. It includes things such as height, weight, origin, you know, ethnicity, all the things that we've come to be familiar with. However, it did not include sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression until just recently with the passage of the expansion by the Michigan State Legislature and then, of course, Governor Whitmer's signing of that expansion. So that was about 50 years in the making. So excited to see that finally happen to make sure folks have protections no matter where they live within the state of Michigan. And Grace, where did the original interest for and the passion for advocating for the LBGTQIA plus community come from? So I actually started um, my path as an advocate for the community in high school. That was around the time of the 2004 marriage amendment in the state of Michigan. Um, And I was also really active in trying to get a gay straight alliance started at my high school at Lapeer East High School. So we had a joint one with the Crosstown High School, Lapeer West. Um, And that was, you know, rough. We had some pushback from administration. It's the early 2000s. And so there wasn't the same openness that we have now. And from there, coming to Michigan State, I got involved with some of the LGBT caucuses and student organizations on campus and later the LGBT Resource Center, the LBGT Resource Center, as it was known. And that really set me on a path of, I guess this is what I want to do for my life, right, is advocate for the LGBTQ plus community and just make sure folks have the support resources they need and then, of course, access that they are entitled to. And so why MSU? Why did you choose to return now? You know, it's funny. I actually applied for this position a number of times previously, um, but I had left higher education. I thought, I've had enough. Uh, Maybe it's not for me. Let me go back to nonprofits. And a former student of mine from Oakland University actually sent me the posting, and she actually works here. Shout out to Kara. Um, And she sent me the posting saying, you know, I know you're kind of done, but I think you'd be really great. We need you here at MSU. Uh, We need you to come home kind of thing. So I, you know, applied and so happy to finally get this job. This is kind of the dream job of mine. Um, after being in higher education, specifically in LGBTQIA2S plus resource centers for the better part of a decade. Um, this is kind of like the ultimate position for me. So I'm excited to come back home. That's cool. And so 
talk a little bit, Grace, about the the mission of the center, how it's evolving, sure. sort of who you who you advocate for and how you go about it. Yeah, so we are primarily student focused, um, and we're here to make sure that our LGBTQIA two S plus students feel seen, advocated for, and empowered while they're on campus. Um, but we also do a lot of consulting with faculty and staff, of course, um, and then of course administration to make sure our students are included all across campus, however that looks, Um, whether that is in policies and procedures, housing, assignments, a wide variety of ways, right? You know, ultimately what we're here to do is to make sure our LGBTQIA 2S plus students are supported and they make it to graduation. Um, They can be successful here no matter their sexual orientation, gender identity, or expression, right? So I think, you know, a lot of times people think we're just for LGBT, 2IA, you know, QIA, 2S plus students, but really anybody is welcome to stop by the center. We have a family room sort of area where students tend to socialize, you know, study. We have a coffee bar, you know, come get coffee any time of day, snacks that folks can take part in. And that's just a good place to wind down, take a load off in between classes, before or after classes, and to just meet other students and find connection or even learn. You know, a lot of times people will stop by just, hey, I wanted to, you know, this happened Friday, actually. I have questions. I want to learn more about the community because I'm actually doing this project, right? And so we're all happy to engage with that work as well. That's great. So, Grace, as you're getting going, do you have some short-term goals? And then have you had time to even think of some longer-term ones yet? <laughs> For sure. So right now I am um, I feel like I'm a little bit more aware of some of the connections that, um, you know, haven't been able to be fostered. So I'm really looking forward to connecting with alums who want to support the office, who have, you know, their time, talent, and treasure to give back to the students. I know a lot of folks who are passionate about getting connected and supporting this next generation of students. Um, So that's a really big goal of mine. And I also am in the very early stages of a strategic planning process for the center. I would really like for us to uh, make sure that what we're offering is still what students need and want and that we're meeting the mark on those um, for those different areas. Um, but I also, you know, I want to see us become one of the most LGBTQ inclusive campuses in the state of Michigan on the Campus Pride Index. And while there are problems and things that we can talk about with that index, um, because no assessment is perfect, what we know is that that assessment is backed in research for best practices for LGBTQ plus resource centers. And so I would really like for us to be one of the top ranked universities. My previous institution, I was able to do that, and I don't see any reason why I can't do it here. So, What about as you pursue those goals, some, some challenges and opportunities both? You know, I think the pandemic really did a number on our student engagement. Our student orgs across campus have been struggling, you know, with students you know, understanding the reason why it's important to get engaged or even just what it looks like for these student orgs and what they have the power to do. Um, And that's no criticism of the students. It's hard to come to a campus of this size and be in a virtual setting, right? Or to be a freshman and then go virtually, right? And so I think we're really starting, we're in a really serious rebuilding stage all across campus. Everybody's experiencing this is what I've come to understand. Um, But we really want to make sure the students know what they're capable of doing as student activists. And we're really here to support that advocacy as best as we can. 
But we also want to foster connection between the groups because we know that with a campus of 55,000 students, there's no way that one office with three full-time staff members can reach all of those students. And so that's really where these student orgs come into a critical uh, position. They have a, a big role to play, and we know that they're important. You know, Students may find them first and then find us, just surely based on comfort, proximity, so many other things, right? And so we really want to make sure um, – Folks know about us, but they also know these student orgs are here to support, you know, students supporting students, right? That's critical. You've said it a couple different ways. I said LGBTQIA+. Is that still right? Or you just said Q+. Plus or yes, you're a okay. Lot of yes. Them are... Everybody uses Cause... a different acronym. Um, typically, actually, in our mission statements, we use LGBTQIA2S+. Plus. Other institutions just use the LGBTQIA, LGBTQ+. Plus. So we're all saying pretty much the same thing. It's just various acronyms you gotcha. know in play all over and grace that leads me into a question about the pronouns that's yeah. one thing we hear a lot about the community and sure. just talk about how that's evolving why it's important just to honor the people the way they want to be honored i yeah. guess so. you know i think it's people want to be do absolutely. the right thing but sometimes i think they're totally overly careful and say nothing yes know? and i think that's that's typically what I've experienced, too, is the fear stops people from doing anything. Um, it comes almost paralyzing, as you mentioned. And so I think for you know pronouns, I think the easiest way to approach it is just to understand by, you know, when you see someone sharing their pronouns on their name badge, their email signature, or even in an introduction in a group setting, they're really trying to set the stage for inclusion for everybody to be able to share pronouns rather than the onus only being on the people who maybe use pronouns that quote-unquote don't match their appearance, for example, or don't match what we would assume them to be. Um, That's one way for us to create a more inclusive campus environment. I know that pronouns are kind of getting a bad rap. Um, Politically, there's a lot of pushback towards the transgender community and gender nonconforming community. And I think a lot of that is just, again, based on preying on people's fear and misunderstanding or the fear of the unknown. Um, most of the time, people do want to treat others with respect and dignity, and I think that's one way to do it. Um, if I'm just meeting someone, I'll say, "Hey, I'm Grace. I use she/her pronouns. What pronouns do you use? Or can you tell you know remind me your pronouns?" There's really easy ways to ask it in a respectful way, um, and then of course you may have folks that'll just say, "Oh, by the way, that person uses you know this set of pronouns." Again, it's all about respect. It's not about making anybody feel like they've you know, need to be quote unquote canceled or any of this. It's, you know, most of the time people will gently respectfully correct someone else when they've misused a pronoun. But it's, again, it's just about treating each other how we, you know, how they would like to be treated, let alone how we would want to be treated, right? It's, It's a really easy way for us to show that everybody has a place here at MSU. And Grace, we mentioned the Elliott Larson Act getting better here recently. Yeah. Over your time in in this advocacy, what how other what other changes have you seen? There's progress to be sure. made, but and still work to do, right? Just your overall assessment. Absolutely. I mean, we've really come light years uh, since when I first became involved with advocacy for the community. Um, now there is equal marriage rights. You know, people do have access to um, gender affirming care. There's more doctors who are aware of it. The medical profession in itself. You know, you're seeing more medical colleges engage in training their physicians or future physicians on what it means to be an inclusive practitioner. Um, so, and I, you know, I was engaged in that work at Oakland University as coordinator there, but I think we're at a really big precipice, in my opinion. 
where we're seeing we've seen so much progress over the last 20 or so years. And now it's time for the backlash to that progress. And even though we're lucky to live in a state like Michigan, which if you would have asked me 20 years ago, if this would have been, you know, as affirming of a place to live for LGBTQ plus people, I don't know if I would have answered the way, you know, I would have today. It's been a huge journey. However, we know that all it takes is, you know, for an election to go another way and things could be totally undone, unfortunately. Um, And I think, again, people, there's there's forces out there preying on fear and misunderstanding. And the fact of the matter is transgender and LGBTQ people at large have been around for millennia. This is not new. We've always been here. And I think that's part of the misconception is that this is something new, strange, different. We've never had this back in my day. It's just, that's just not factual. The queer and trans community have been here forever and will continue to be because by nature, we've had to be resilient, right? If you're not resilient, you will perish. And we've seen that time and time again. And so I think, you know, we're in an exciting time as a state to finally be open and accepting to all. I'm hopeful that that doesn't reverse anytime soon. And are there other facts about the community you'd like to reinforce or maybe some myths to dispel? Sure. So I think, again, with all the progress we've seen, folks maybe don't understand that over the last several years, we've seen an uptick in hate crimes towards the LGBTQ community, predominantly against transgender people. That's really scary um, because, again, there is a lot of hatred out there. It's not a willingness of understanding all the time because... Folks are hearing little sound bites somewhere and then kind of, you know, getting whipped up into, you know, whipped up over it. Now, I think that's a big misconception. We know that we've got some work to do on campus with the No More survey that came out recently. We know that a lot of students who were trans or non-binary indicated that they've been experiencing quite a lot of harassment in that space. So that is some of the work that uh, the GSCC is engaged in improving with some of our partners across campus. And I think people don't understand, you know, when we don't accept someone's name or pronouns, that has real effects on someone. It is correlated to suicidal ideation, lesser mental health. And if you really think about it, it makes sense. If you don't have the support of people around you or even your identity affirmed or respected on a basic level, of course, that's going to make you feel isolated, lonely, depressed, sad. And so that's not necessarily shocking. I just think now coming more out of the pandemic, we are going to see some of this mental health impact because we may have students that have had to live in environments that we're not accepting. They've had to be, you know, almost going back into the closet, so to speak, because they had to go live at home where their parents were not supportive of them or where, frankly, they weren't allowed to be themselves, right, for fear of being punished or, you know, harassed in some way. And so, I think it's important for us to remember, like, we play a huge part in that no matter what role we play on campus. Um, I think this work is everybody's job, even if you're not involved in DEIB work specifically. Is there anything else important you'd like to add, Grace? Otherwise, I'll ask you to just sort of summarize what you want those joining in on our conversation to know about the center as as you take over the the leadership reins. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely at an exciting point right now. Um, I want to encourage everybody to visit our website, which is gscc.msu.edu. From there, you can actually learn more about pronouns and all the different educational programs and resources we provide to campus. 
But the one thing, if you're moved to support our students, I would really encourage you to donate to our Unconditional Love Fund. That is where we give financial support to students who may not have family resources to fall back on due to their sexual orientation or gender identity. Unfortunately, since the events of February 13th, we have seen an increased number of requests simply because people are really experiencing a great deal of trauma stemming from that event and as such may not be able to work as they once did or have the resources to, you know, pay for rent, food, things like that. So if you're moved to support, that would be where I would suggest folks go. And Grace, I thought of one more thing before I let you go. Taking you back to when you were choosing a college, why was MSU the place for you? So I grew up in a smaller town, like I mentioned, and I went to a co- or high school of a thousand people total, and I wanted something bigger. <laughs> I wanted the quintessential college experience of football Saturdays and the big old buildings, you know, Ivy covered, <laughs> you know, really everything that we think of when we think of MSU. And when I got here, it felt like home immediately. I, you know, I did know folks, but it was nice to be able to kind of start fresh in a way at a bigger school and being around people that are totally different. You have, you have folks that are from different countries, different religious backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds and racial backgrounds. So many opportunities to learn from folks different from myself. And that was really what moved me to come to East Lansing and specifically Michigan State. You're here, Spartans will. Well, Grace, thanks for coming in and talking about the sure. center and, uh, Let's talk again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's Grace Wojcik. She's the director of Michigan State University's Gender and Sexuality Campus Center. And as Grace said, gscc.msu.edu is the place for more. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.